Um, on Friday, I had the opportunity to be sitting with Mori Virabi of Shafter, and we asked him whether the moving of the embassy, the American embassy to Jerusalem, has any religious significance, or if it's just purely a political... It, it definitely has tremendous political significance. The question is, does it have religious significance? Meaning, is there like something that a, you know, a ben Torah, a rabbi, could, uh, could sink his teeth into over here and uh, find, uh, find meaning uh, based on the decision of, uh, of a secular government to move their embassy to Jerusalem? And Rav Shechter said immediately that absolutely it has religious significance. And he said that he sees this as a step closer to the coming of Mashiach. Because the Nevi'im tell us that that ultimately at the end of days the nations of the world will come to the recognition of the Amitus HaTorah, the truth of the Hashem and His will and His desire. And there's a major component of Yiddishkeit that Yerushalayim is the capital of the Jewish people. In fact, Yerushalayim has a very deep connection to Malchus Beis David, and Malchus Beis David is a critical component of how things are going to work out. So when a, the most powerful government in the world recognizes that the capital of the Jewish people is Jerusalem, that is a major step in the right direction, a major statement that we are getting to the point where the Umos Ha'olam appreciate the Amitos HaTorah. So he thought that this is a very significant step. So being that, and in honor of Yom Yerushalayim, which was yesterday, I thought that today, for Tamil al we'll discuss the, the, uh, a, a future step. A future step is going to be, obviously, what the ultimate goal uh, involves, a building of the third base Hamikdash. So the question I want to discuss today is, how is that third base Hamikdash going to be built. There is, this is a sugya in Mesecha Sukkah on Daf Mem Aleph, a sugya in Mesecha Rosh Hashanah on Daf Lamid, and the sugya is not really about how it's going to be rebuilt, but it comes up in the following context. The halacha is that one is not allowed to eat from the new grain until the carbon omer is brought on the second day of Pesach. So, if you lived in Yerushalayim and you knew when the carbon omer was brought, as soon as the carbon omer was brought, you were allowed to eat from the Tavuah Chadasha. If you lived far away from Yerushalayim and you didn't know when the carbon omer was brought, you can assume that by Chatzos Hayom it was already brought. The Kohanim were not Misatzel, they were not lazy. They certainly brought it by Chatzos Hayom and you could, eat, you could eat the new grain by chatzos. But after the Chorban Beis HaMikdash, so when can you eat the new grain? There is no carbon Omer after the Chorban Beis HaMikdash. Machlokas Rebidon Rabbanon. The Rabbanon hold Ad Sheyoyer Penei HaMizrach. That when the sun rises on the uh, second day of Pesach, it's mutter to eat the Chorban Omer. And Rabbi Yehuda says Ad Atzmo Shalyom Ad Bechlal. That including the entire second day, it's until the day is over. We passing like the Rabbanon. That right away, sunrise, second day of Pesach, Mida you're allowed to you're allowed to eat the new grain uh, in the absence of a carbon omer. However, his skin Rabbi Yochanan Menzakai, Rabbi Yochanan Zakai, the great hero of the post Churban era, who made several takanos as a zecher uh, lemigdash, made over here a takana because mehera yibana beis hamigdash. He says, "What's going to happen if we allow people to start eating the chadash right away in the morning on the second day of Pesach?" Next year, when we have a Beis HaMikdash, people are going to remember, oh, last year I was allowed to eat the Chadash right away in the morning on the second day of Pesach. And they're not going to realize that, no, now we have a Beis HaMikdash. You have to wait 
for the carbon omer. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai made a takana because Meheri Yibana Vesamigdash, and people are going to get confused. They're going to say, last year we had it in Eitzachama, we're going to do the same thing this year. So he made a takana that you're not allowed to eat chadash until after the second day of Pesach is over, meaning follow the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda, even though we don't paskin like Rabbi Yehuda. That was his takana. Asks the Gemara, when is he worried that the Beis Hamikdash might get rebuilt? That word won't get out, and that we won't be able to inform people and educate people. If you're worried that the Beis Hamikdash is going to be rebuilt on Tes Zion Nisan on the second day of Pesach, well, don't worry about that because then, by the by, when the sun rose that morning, the Beis Hamikdash wasn't there yet. It was already Mutzadi from the Chadash, so that's not going to be a problem. If he's worried that the Beis Hamikdash is going to be rebuilt, rebuilt on Tes Vav Nisan. That uh, that it's going to be built on the first day of Pesach. Well, then until Chatzos of Tezayin, uh, by the time Chatzos rolls around on Tezayin, it should for sure be mutter because they will have brought a carbon omer by then. So you shouldn't. Uh, he shouldn't answer the whole day. You should only answer until Chatzos. Says the Gemara. What his concern was that they're going to build the base of Migdash on Lel Tezayin, the second night of Pesach. Or late in the afternoon on the first day of Pesach, and they're going to have to bring a carbon omer on the second day, but it's going to be so chaotic and so busy, they're not going to have time to get it done by Chatzos. So it's true, the Kwanam and Hamasatzel, they do things on time, but it's going to be so busy. So therefore, he asserted because of that possibility, that possibility that it might get rebuilt the second night of Pesach, or late in the afternoon on the first day. So for all time, he for all time that we don't have a base of Middash, we're not allowed to eat the Chadash on the entire second day of Pesach. That is the Gemara. Rashi and Tosos on the spot ask, ask the following Kasha. The Beis HaMikdash might be rebuilt on the second night of Pesach? There's a Gemara in Shavuos of Tezvav that you're not allowed to build the Beis HaMikdash on Yom Tov and you're not allowed to build the Beis HaMikdash Belayla. So uh, it shouldn't be a concern that you're going to build the base of Mikdash on the second day of Yantif. And, and it shouldn't be a concern you're going to build it on the first day either, because you're not allowed to build the base of Mikdash Tov. So what's the concern? So therefore, both Rashi and Tosso say, it's true, you are not allowed to, we are not allowed to build a base of Mikdash on Yom Tov. We are not allowed to build the base of Mikdash on, at night. But the Ribbonah Shalom is, and the third base of Mikdash is going to descend from Shemayim. It's going to descend from heaven, and therefore it can happen on the first day of Yom Tov. It can happen on the second night of Yom Tov. Tosos and Mesech Tezvav points out that there is significant basis for this in several Midrashim. Mikdash Hashem Konunu Yodecha, that HaKadosh uh, Baruch Hu is going to form the handiwork of the second base of Mikdash. In fact, in the Tefillah of Nachim that we say on Tishbav, we make reference to the Yushalmi in the fourth parak of Brachos, Ki Hashem that Hashem destroyed the base of Middash with fire and he will rebuild it with fire. Sounds like a, uh, an act of God. So what do we have so far? Rashi and Tosos both say third base of Middash is going to be rebuilt by the Ribbon Shalom. Comes along the Mi'iri, Sukadaf Mem Aleph. And the Mi'iri asks the same Kasha that Rashi and Tosos ask. But the Mi'iri gives a different and an absolutely stunning, shocking answer. The Mi'iri asks the same kasha. How can Rabbi Yochum and Zakir be concerned that the base of Mikdash is going to be rebuilt on the second night of Yantif or the first day of Yantif? You're not allowed to build the base of Mikdash at night. You're not allowed to build the base of Mikdash on Yom Tov, says the Mi'iri. True. 
but we're concerned that the Beisdin, when it's all happening, when everything's going down, is going to be so overjoyed and is going to have so much Islavos to want to build the base of Migdash, they're going to paskin incorrectly and they're going to allow people to rebuild the base of Migdash. Wow, what, a, what an unbelievable concern that, not, that, that they're going to, whoever gets to make those decisions of building the base of Migdash and who gets to build it, when it gets built, that they're going to make the wrong decision and they're going to tell people that they could build it on Yantav, that they could build it on the second day. But what's Mavur from the Me'iri is clearly he assumes people are building it and not the Ribbon Shalom. And in fact, the Rambam in the 11th paragraph of Melech Malacha Aleph writes that the Melech HaMashiach is going to be the one that's Machsir Malchus based over the Yoshna and is going to be Bona the Migdash, Makabis and Chayisrael. So the Rambam, based on several Midrashim, Vayikra Parshas Tzav, and Bamidbar Rabbim, Parshas Naso, and the Midrashim and Shira Shirim, strongly suggests that it, is, uh, that it is people that are going to build the base of Migdash. Mashiach, it's not going to just descend from heaven. So Luchora, the Rambam must hold like the, uh, like the Me'iri, that why is it? That uh, it's going to happen at night. Why is it that it's going to happen on the on, on Yom Tov? Maybe because they'll they'll make a mistake in Psak. So here you have a machlokas Rashi and Tosos on one side, the Meiri and the Rambam on the other side. Who builds the third base Hamikdash? Rashi and Tosos say it comes from heaven. It's Hashem, and the Meiri and the Rambam say that it's going to be built by human beings. And there are midrashim to support each claim. Now there is a stira in Rashi himself. Rashi on Yecheskel, Perak Mem Gimel, Pasuk Yeral, for the Pasuk Vishmru has called Tsarasov, has called Kukosov, Vasuosam Vishmru, Pasuk describing the Binyan Ashlishi. Rashi says we need to know the dimensions of the Binyan Ashlishi so that we could know how to build it. Well, Rashi, wait a second, you're the one who told us we never have to build it. The Rebona Shalom is going to build it. So Zevin writes that the, uh, the, the answer might be that there are two possibilities. I'm not sorry, Shabbos, and the Yom Gizel we had a program, Turo sponsored a program in honor of Yom Yerushalayim. So Rabbi Flaum spoke, and I spoke a little bit also, and Rabbi Flaum spoke about this Indian that Rabbi Zevin highlights, that... There are two models of what Las Lava is going to look like, of what the end of the day is going to look like. There's the model of Bi'ita, and there's the model of Achishena. That Zochu Achishena, if we're Zocha, Hashem will make it happen more quickly, and Lo Zochu Bi'ita. If we're not Zocha, it's going to happen at a very slow pace, and when, when it was predetermined that it has to happen. So based on that, it could be that there are two possibilities of how the third base of Midrash is going to be rebuilt. If we have a Geula of Achishena, so then HaKadosh Baruch is going to drop the base of Midrash from heaven. But if we have a Geula of Bi'ita, then we're going to have to build it. It's going to be much more of a, uh, of a natural process. That's what Rav Zevin suggested. Rav Shechter once commented to me that he thought that Rav Salvechik used to not enjoy Rav Zevin's farm. He thought that everything was too much of a Chiddush or whatever. Shatzer said he loved Rav Zevin. He said that when he was at, whenever he was sick from school as a high school student, he would read another one of Rav Zevin's Svarim, like most of us did when we were sick from school as high school students. So he uh, so he thought that uh, okay, but yeah, I didn't talk to him about this particular chiddush. But that's what uh, Rav Zevin suggests. Now uh, there are achorim that ask on Rashi and Tosfos. So all of them come to bidei shemaim. Lachori, you can't say that about the mizbeach. Because a Mizbeach, the Gemara in Zvachim, Dav Kuf Ches, Amr Aleph, Lechora has to be built 
by human hands because it requires lishma. So if it happens on its own, it's not going to be lishma. So even if the base of Mikdash is going to be built by God, there is some element, the Mizbeach, that's going to be built by human beings. Another suggestion of maybe how to make all of this fit together, in the Siddur Siach Yitzchak, he points out the, uh, the what we say in, uh, in Tefillah, V'areinu b'vinyano v'samcheinu b'sikuno, that there's two different things. There's binyano and tikuno. Binyano might be the building harenu. Harenu, you'll show us the building. We're not going to participate. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will build. But v'samcheinu, we will have the simcha of participating b'tikuno, meaning we may get a uh, prefabbed model of something and then we're going to have to work on it and fix it up, whether it's placing a mizbeach and doing other things. And, and it has to be, it has to be that way that uh, that we get to participate in one way or another. And he quotes this from the Maril Diskin, because we have a mitzvah of building a mikdash. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to take away that mitzvah from us. How can we have a real sense of simcha if we didn't get to participate in it. So it must be that we get to participate. The Aruch Liner suggests a different approach. Aruch Liner, here in Masech HaSukkah, first he raises a couple of questions. He says, why does the Gemara say, Mehera Yibana HaMikdash? If HaKadosh Baruch is going to just drop it in Hashemayim, it should be Mehera Yigala HaMikdash. That Hashem should be Megala to us. The base on Migdash. It's all up there. He just needs to do the big reveal, but it's not. Uh, it's 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 not something that that has to be built. And furthermore, we say every day he rotsun sheibana base on Migdash meheir v'yameinu lechoritz etzvilas shav because you're not allowed to be mespal alavar. And if it's already built, it's just hanging up there in Shemayim, so you can't ask sheibana base on Migdash because it's uh, it's already happened. It's already built. We just haven't seen it yet. And therefore, says the Aruch Lener. Certainly, the base of Migdash La'asid is going to be built a binyan mamish adam. We're going to have to get a construction team down there and actually build the base of Migdash. Once we do that, Hakurush Baruch will take a Migdash Shalmaila and superimpose it on top of the Migdash Shalmata. Sort of like a, a guf and neshama kind of thing. That we're going to build the guf, Vasuli Migdash, Vishachanti Bisochan. We're going to build the uh, structure, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to come and take the Migdash Shalmaila, whatever that means, but not a physical structure, and place it on our uh, Migdash. Now, there is a, uh, a possibility that I was just listening during lunchtime to the other Rabbi Ari Libutz, I'm the other Rabbi Ari Libutz, to the real Rabbi Ari Libutz from uh, Shalavim, uh, uh, where he was suggesting that this is a Ramam Lashitasa. You know, when the Ramam says we're going to have to build a base Migdash, the Ramam is the one that paskins like Shmuel, that ain't been on the Mosheach, Bilvan, that the only difference between Olam Azay, Yimos HaMashiach, is Shibu Malchus, everything's going to be B'tibo Shalodam, everything's going to happen in a natural way. So the Rambam, you understand, is not going to want to talk about everything just coming down from Shemayim, because he thinks that the Messianic era is going to be an era where things run in a natural way, with perhaps remarkable occurrences happening for the Jewish people. World peace, certainly, Shibu Malchus is a big deal, but uh, but he does not understand the Garza Avim Keves to be literal, that uh, uh, that, that, that a sheep, the wolf, and the lamb are going to live together in peace? No. Garzevim Kevas means that the Yumos Olam are not going to be Meshavidas anymore. So the Ram Lashitasa wants to describe it in natural terms. There's also a little bit of a steer whether Malchus based David comes before or after the Binyan Migdash. Because the Ram, as we point out in Hilchus Malachim, says that the Melech HaMashiach is going to build the Migdash. And that's based on your Shalmi in the fifth parakel Meister Sheni, that the Beis Migdash is going to be built uh, before um, the. the uh, uh, 
the the uh, I'm sorry, the, that's against the Yushami Maishani that the base of can come before the Malchus base David. In Megillah it's Zion base also that uh, the, when it goes through the order of Brachos in Shmon Esrei, the Gemara tells us that Kivan Shiv Nivnis Yushalayim Ba David Shemarachra Yeshuvu Bnei Sol Bikshra Es Hashem Elokeim Ves David Malkam. And Rashi over there says. We'll have a base of Middash, then we'll be looking for, for the Malchus base David. So the, there is, does seem to be a stira as to what, what comes first. So in the Chuvus Priya Sada, in Chelet Beis Simitazayin, he suggests to explain the Rambam that at the end of the 11th parak of Ilchus Malachim, the Rambam writes that if someone builds this base of Middash and is Makabit Nidcha Yisrael, then everyone will realize that he is Mashiach. Meaning, uh, yes, Mashiach is going to build the base of Mikdash, but when he's doing it, we will not yet know that he is Mashiach. Meaning, who knows? You know, uh, a president of the United States might run on a platform of, uh, you know, build a Mikdash in Arabias and send his Jewish son in law to go uh, build a Mikdash. No one's going to be thinking, uh, you know, uh, that this is uh, Mashiach. I'm not suggesting that anyone's Mashiach. I'm just, I'm just using it as, as an example. Right? We're not going to have any idea who, uh, who Mashiach is when he's actually doing it. But if someone successfully is Maccabi Sinchei Yisrael and then builds a base of Mikdash, then it will be Megala to us that, uh, that, that that was in fact Mashiach. And maybe that's how you can, uh, you can reconcile that Stira and Rav Yosef Engel writes this way in Gilyone Ashas on the Yushalmi in Maeser Sheni. Just one final point. The Rambam does write in Hilchus Malachim that a person is not supposed to spend a lot of time thinking about how things will play out in the end of days. You're not supposed to spend a lot of time, you know, sort of like planning and, and figuring how it's going to play out because he says these are not things, these types of discussions are not things that lead a person, lide avas Hashem viyarasa. We don't, these, don't, these are not types of discussions that actually help us become better religious, more religious Jews. Don't make us better of the Hashem. We should focus on things that are maybe day avas Hashem v'yir aso. However, it should also be pointed out, the Rambam is talking about uh, when one is trying to predict the future, when one is, uh, is suggesting that history will unfold in a certain way. But certainly, for one to contemplate what has already happened and how the Yad Hashem has already been there to this point, that certainly is the kind of conversation, the kind of thought process, the kind of discussion that is maybe day avas Hashem v'yerasa. So when a person uh, talks about who's going to build the base of English, interesting machlokas, not necessarily one that leads l'day avas Hashem. But when we think on Yom Yerushalayim, what happened 51 years ago, what happened 70 years ago, and we think about the process as it's unfolding before our eyes in Eretz Yisrael, and we appreciate the Yad Hashem in each and every step, and we appreciate the Yad Hashem in Lev Malachim B'Yad Hashem, you know, with a, if a president of the United States decides something that's the Rebona Shalom's decision, he doesn't have Bechir Chavshis to make his own decisions, Lev Malachim B'Yad Hashem, we have to appreciate the Yad Hashem in every Thing that has already happened to this point, and that is certainly a thought that brings a person the day Avas Hashem the year or so.